If you've ever felt discontent with your sex life, you're not alone. I would say that we've felt that uh, a few times in our marriage, more than a few times. <laughs> It's like, what? In our 17 years uh, of marriage. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you're not alone. And a lo- one of the reasons uh, people feel discontent is they feel like they're not having as much meaningful intimacy or as much intimacy as mm-hmm. they feel like they should be having at whatever stage in marriage they're in. Whether you're newlyweds or you've been married for 20 years, this this thing will still come up. Mm-hmm. And so today we hope to answer that question or to help you rather answer this question of how often should a married couple or how often should you as a married couple be having sex? Hmm. And sex is a beautiful thing. It's something God created for our good, for his glory. And it's also a thing that has been kind of contorted and twisted by Mm. culture. And we can, if we're not careful, adopt the world's view of sex and therefore a wrong understanding, a wrong application of sex. So stay tuned and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, Communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Okay, so the inspiration for this podcast episode came from uh, an article that I found. And it asked simply this question, how often do married couples have sex? And here's what the research tells us. And so it's it's more of a presentation of the data in this article, which I found really interesting uh, because specifically it talked about uh, how frequency changes as a couple ages. Hmm. So <laughs> if you want to get... <laughs> interesting. Like, There's a correlation People there. over 50 years old, like when are married couples over 50 how often are those couples having sex versus married couples under 50? And Hmm. so this research comes from a survey. It's a general social survey that was conducted by the University of Chicago and the National Opinion Research Center. Okay. So, so it's, it's a general survey and it's just for social, uh, it's, it's for people to use and it's objective source of information. Okay. So they asked the question, how often do married couples have sex? And here's what the, uh, the data says. The survey says. The survey says, yeah. So 25% of couples polled, and, and there's over 660 couples we're polled here. 25% of them had sex once a week. 16% had sex two to three times per week. Uh, 5% had sex four or more times per week. Can you imagine that? That's, Can that's, you imagine that? That's the highest. Goodness <laughs> sakes. Well, no, I'm just, okay, sorry. I wasn't trying to be, uh, gotta be I wasn't careful trying here. to be mean. Okay, 17% had sex just once a month. 19% had sex two to three times per month. 10% had sex, uh, hadn't, excuse me, hadn't had sex in the past year. So that's 10% of couples polled. Had not had sex. Did not have sex in once in the past year. Wow. Okay, and then 7% had sex about once or twice in the past year. So if you picture a bell curve, okay, there's this... It's actually 10% is a larger number on the one far end of the bell curve that net, that didn't have sex at all in the year. Uh, but then it kind of starts, goes down to 7% who had sex once or twice in the past year. And then it's a, it's a healthy bell curve and it ends at the 5% who had sex four or more times per week. So on average, I think between one and eight times per month was the majority at 60%. Was it 60? That seems to affirm 
I feel like. I mean, yeah, one, and that's, that does seem to match our own kind of conversations with couples. Yeah. And so I find that interesting because, and here's why we care about this information is it does give us a sense of what is, um, from a human physio- physiology standpoint, hmm. right? These, this, this is not a Christian poll. It's not looking at Christian couples. There's nothing explicitly biblical about this information. It, other than we are people created in God's image, mm-hmm. and there is something to be gleaned from looking at this information. Yeah, absolutely. So it gives us a bit of a baseline for, okay, but now with this big caveat that honestly the only couple that can say what's healthy for you is you. <laughs> So we're going to talk through all the details of that. Again, we're going to ask some underlying questions. I do want to do some of our uh, housekeeping for the episode. So the first bit is, you guys, if you haven't left a a rating and a review, please do so. That means the world to us. It Mm -hmm. helps people get the word out about the podcast. When someone goes through um, iTunes or wherever and they're looking for quality marriage, gospel-centered content, I look at the reviews. I always look at the reviews. I say if it's like has like three average stars or whatever, then I'm like, that's probably not a good podcast. Mm. If there's five average stars, it's great. Then I'll read the reviews and it says, hey, this is worth your time. But if there's only five average stars, if there's five average stars and there's only like three reviews, then I'm like, mm, true. Might so need the more the more merrier. <laughs> more the merrier. So um, yeah, please do do that. Uh, also on the Patreon side of things, if you want to be a part of what we're doing here. So mm. we, last week we announced uh, fierceparenting.com is live. We are going to continue kind of moving the needle on biblical family Mm. in our culture. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is we don't know how long we're going to be able to do that freely Mm -hmm. because iTunes and Apple and this big, massive tech company, the biggest company in the world, they are now indexing everything we say in the podcast so that you can go and search it. So if you go search for Christian marriage, then you'll see that we just mentioned Christian marriage just now and it would come (laughs) up in your, in your feed. What that means now is that they're actually uh, they're they're compiling a database full of all the things we say, which mm. then puts us at risk. Uh, hey, oh, they talk about the Bible, or they think that biblical marriage is the only design for marriage. Mm. Therefore, they should be censored. So, I'm not really afraid of that. I, I, I really am not. I just I, I think as the body of Christ, we need to be mindful of it, knowing that we don't. This is the water we swim in. Right. So. Right. We have an amazing group of patrons already on Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, and we would love even more. That ensures that we will continue to get this message out. So if you feel uh, convicted or you just feel I – mean, convicted is not maybe the right word. You feel led, I'll say. Yeah. If you feel led to join arms with us, we would be honored. The, the level start at $2 a month and go on up. Uh, and you go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash fierce marriage. Okay, final bit of housekeeping here is that our 17th anniversary, we mentioned it last week, but it's actually, it was yesterday as of the day we're recording this. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah! 17 years. 17 years. Any regrets? <laughs> I already read yours. <laughs> <laughs> my one regret. Your one our, regret of our marriage. <laughs> my one regret of our entire marriage is selling my 1972 Volkswagen bus. That did not run. <laughs> it did run. I just had the... The battery leads were mislabeled. (laughs) The battery leads were mislabeled. We had come back from, long story, but we were out of the country for a number of months. I came back, got it out of your mom's garage. I tried to start it up. I had unplugged the battery. The red was not the right one. They were mislabeled. That was it? Yeah. All I had to do was flip the leads and it would have started. Well, I didn't know that. That would be a regret. So instead, I took it to the mechanic and and we We sold it. Man, why did you make me do that? I did not make you do that. I recall you pushing and pulling the thing to the mechanic. (laughs) 
when I was driving it. We had a friend help us. Oh, my heart <laughs> it hurts. was good times. Well, other than that, no, no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Uh, so, guys, to celebrate this, because uh, we like to do this, it's our podcast and we do the marriage thing. We, we are doing a discount on our store <laughs> for 17% off anything on our, in our store. Nice. So go, go to shop.fiercemarriage.com and use the code 17off17OFF and you'll save 17% off anything and everything. It doesn't matter what you buy except for bulk items. You can't buy bulk items because those are already really steeply discounted so anyway i love yeah, you we've no we've, 17 years i love you too so i'm just like jumping on the next thing i love you don't get your panties in a twist <laughs> Ooh, saucy you know i love you because you just said that you said the panties that, anyway oh goodness anyways <laughs> we don't tend to talk a lot about sex on this podcast because there are a lot of other podcasts, even Christian podcasts, that talk about sex and probably go into more in-depth questions. Um, they've done more research. Uh, we just are kind of uh, over everything marriage, but through a biblical worldview. Um, the gospel lens, biblical worldview, I feel like those are kind of interchangeable terms, but yeah. we need we are overdue for talking about sex it's not my favorite subject to talk about on the podcast but again why in because i feel sheepish really <laughs> i think people oh. no you said that that was not my words um, <laughs> we were getting coffee and i said i know you kind of feel sheepish i don't feel like that's the right <laughs> I word think, though no i think it's it is such an intimate thing and it affects us greatly but the amount of time it actually takes is not a lot and so and we're all different right so we have different experiences we have different expectations there's possibly some abuse in the past that you would probably have to you know not probably you do have to identify and work through and most likely not on your own right if that's you and so it's easy for us to sit and share a story and like maybe give you some tips but we can't, we are not your pastors. We are not your community members. We don't know you essentially. And so these are, we're just, again, sharing our life through the biblical world worldview that we've, we're living in, so, hoping that it will help you. But yeah. again, this is, we're not trying to focus on sex. Essentially. What I hear you saying is that it's, it's a big, important topic, but it's really hard to, to treat it with the charity and the nuance that it, that it needs to right. really help people individuals yes and when we talk so we speak generally to it yes and i do want you know my my heart is always that people don't feel ever just accused or glossed over or ignored or just completely right. you know I, I want to be able to speak to those and, and serve i guess in that area um but Especially again I'm, when you start talking about a couple's experience with sex in their own marriage right, saying right. like well, how often is often enough is right. one of these quite well obviously we can't possibly say we can't there's nothing in scripture that, that says right. you should have sex x number of times per week otherwise you are other you are being unwise or unhealthy right there's nothing in scripture that says that and so i think that's our fear is that you would hear this and you would hear either condemnation or shame or guilt right because we are one way and you're not that way or some other couple you know well, is one and way and you're not that way sometimes right there's seasons we go through that we have to you know, abstain a little bit more or right. again, there's seasons beginning and an end. If we just, just had a baby or there's, you know, just the physical mm -hmm. aspect of it that you have to deal with. But Or you're going through an emotionally tough time or right. you're mourning the death of a loved one or you're mourning some other aspect right. of and your relationship. Sex is kind yeah. of the last thing on your mind and it's hard. It's difficult to 
kind of jump into that yeah. realm. So I feel like people know us and they know that that uh, we're gonna. Try I know to that's be, just. I feel like the yeah. sex topics, the ed, bleh, the podcast, those episodes tend to get the most feedback. They get the most everything. I think. Well, here's my pushback on the whole sex thing too, is because I feel like there are a lot of people that are basically playing to the lowest common denominator when it comes to sex because there are people that will click on a podcast episode title just because they talk about sex because right. we have this culture that's very hyper-sexualized. Mm -hmm. And so you have podcasts, Christian marriage podcasts even, that are solely dedicated to maximizing sex. Now we'll get into sec in 1 Corinthians 6 and 7. Paul actually put sexual immorality next to idolatry and there's mm -hmm. a reason for that which is very interesting. But I think we can be aware of it as Christian married couples, knowing that as we deal with this issue and as we prioritize this issue in a healthy way, we can easily go too far into idolizing this mm. area mm -hmm. of our lives and putting so much weight into it and putting all of our, staking our happiness, staking our joy, staking our, our relational identity, identity yeah. in our sexual experience. Yeah. Uh, and in our sexual partner. I think that's... Yes. A yeah, lot right. of yeah, the expectations and weight. So, right. Okay. So let's let's start with this question. But again, big question: How often should a married couple be having sex? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Well, let's say, in the ask past, we have okay. we've we've answered this question. The frequency typically for us is two to three times a week. Okay. Right. Um, so taking that into consideration, knowing ourselves, knowing each other's paths, knowing how we connect, how we love each other, and what's best kind of for each other, mm -hmm. um, I think that's how we were able to kind of establish those expectations. Yep. And so you're talking through our own experience. Yes. Okay, so for me, and I will just be very honest, um, I feel like you probably, I, I'd need it more. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, I think and generally really, speaking, that's generally speaking, typically. That's, and the reason is, and Paul talks about this, and we'll read it in First Corinthians six. For me, it's a focus issue, and a lot of times there's also just a physiological. But like I, I've noticed that if we go more than three or four days, I have a hard time focusing on on anything. <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying not to be funny, but it's true. I know. It's like it's you, like you're you get, hungry you and you just need grouchy. to. <laughs> it's like you. I mean, you get grouchy when you get hungry. I get I get hungry sexually. <laughs> uh, there's another word for that. We're not gonna <laughs> no, hungry. But the, <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that there's a very physiological need, but there's also like this connection, right? Because we do yeah. kind of get emotionally like stopped up if if we are not connecting in right. this way. And right. you're and that's I'm sure we're gonna for you as talk well. about that, right? About how mm -hmm. it's purpose filled and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of our own. So we've landed on our frequency just using our personal example based on lots of conversations and again 17 years of marriage where we've had lots of hits and misses in this area and where we've sat and talked and, and we've mm. had frustrating evenings we've had fights we've had uh, some tears we've had a lot of sexual angst mm. that we've had to work through and now okay 17 years in <laughs> we finally understand this so hopefully this sort of. this episode I think we're not out of will, the clear as far as like there's always challenges that come up because again there's so many nuances to it but well there's knowing what what to do but there's also doing what yeah. you know to be healthy yeah and i think the execution piece is where we if if ever we have a frustrating thing around frequency it's because we've failed to make time for mm. each other mm-hmm and so again, that's that's I think of and we become a little a more selfish conversation. about it. Are yeah. we being disciplined? Sure. Have yeah. you? Ever, I mean, think about that. There's a sense of self control and discipline in in the area of giving yourself to your spouse 
regularly. Yeah. It's like almost like going to the gym, right? <laughs> if you don't go to the gym regularly, you, know. you can't expect to reap the results right. of the goals you've set that are based on going to the gym regularly. So with that said, we are still learning, but I think we the knowledge is there, right. but we're always still battling the flesh right. in this area. So, um, so we already reviewed that article, and so... I, I don't want to. I don't want to look at that and say, "Okay, so you want to be in the majority of people that are healthy, sixty percent." Okay. No, the point of sex. it was to just kind of give some numbers and some right. understanding and highlight. Okay, this is where the average kind of falls of general couples. Mm-hmm. We have nothing. We have no like other knowledge of them except that they are married. <laughs> like that, we don't know if they're Christians. We don't know anything right. else. It's just kind of say, "Okay, this is the physical." part of us as humans but as believers right we are yeah again which you're probably going to read um we are made in the image of god we have desires that he's given us uh Mm -hmm. that can that are affected by sin and i think the sexual area is uh whenever i just feel like it's such a different not different type of sin i hate to say those words but it's so much more it feels involved a lot Mm. more at deeper levels and and I don't know if that's true, but it just it. It is. It is. We see the distinction uh, happen within um, within uh, Paul's uh, talk, when he's talking about this issue. He's mm. talking about how sex is a unique, like human sexuality has a unique kind of roots in the human heart, mm-hmm. and it has different consequences because of it's like a soul deep sort of sin, right? Yes. And yes, grace covers it, but there are different. Um, there are different like consequences, consequences yes and i think right. we tend to gloss over those but let's okay let's back out of this a little bit again the big question we're answering is how often should a married couple have sex i want to ask some more questions as we get around to the answer but this might sound very basic and i hope i can ask this question but we need to answer it clearly here is what is sex hmm. okay and what is a christian perspective on sex i do think it's important uh and Sex is more than a physical act. Okay. Mm-hmm. You think about hookup culture, you think about apps, you think about the we we objectify each other so much in our in our mm. culture. And I say each other, I mean the opposite sex. Any person we're interested in right. physically, we don't see it culturally through a biblical lens. I think that's a safe thing to say. Yeah. And so you have apps where people are literally just swiping based on on physical appearance appearance alone, meaning like, would I have sex with that person? Yes, no, yes, 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 no, 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 yes. And it's just, you're hoping that someone also says yes. Mm. I've never used these apps, but I've heard. Uh, and if they say yes, then you now have some sort of connection. Obviously, I use the word connection in quotes. It's not a connection. It's just you both found each <laughs> other physically right attractive, <laughs> yeah. at least in a moment you found each other physically attractive. And so it begs the question, what is sex? Is it just physical? And the answer is no. It is not just physical. Uh, the Bible I think g- even non-Christians would say, I mean, somebody might claim that it, it is just physical, but no, no, they I would, would, I, you can't, you they can't would live as if it's it only if physical. You, right? If you got into a conversation and they wanted right. to be able to have sex whenever they wanted to with right. whomever, they would probably argue for the fact that it is purely physical because they are wanting to because uh, you can't just go from partner to partner to partner if there's an emotional component or right. there's an emotion or there's a mental component to that. You can only do it if you're just having a physical transaction with somebody. You, well, in that case, I feel like you're forcing that physical right. in your mind because you're still 
we're still made, we're all made in God's image. He's knitted us together in a certain way, right? And so we are mm. soul beings, whether we want to deny that or whatever. As believers, we accept that and we understand that to be true and we understand the purpose, right, of sex. Yeah. But as non, if there's non-believers, then of course they're going to approach it differently. Of yeah. course, it's going to be more of a commodity. It's going to be something self-serving, self-affirming. Right. Um, it's not going to be, it's always going against what the Bible says. It's, uh, it feels like it's almost always the opposite of. Well, okay. So here's, there's two sides to this to jump in. Yes. I think the, the man on the street sort of interview, you would get, yeah. you have a likely answer that's like, oh yeah, it's just, if two person just want to hook up and they don't want to have even one word of conversation, that's okay. And that's good because they both satisfy, they would probably give you some sort of that response, which is completely detaching the physical from the right. emotional, right. from the spiritual. Uh, and science doesn't confirm that. I think even secular science confirms right. there is a Attachment. emotional, at least on the physiological level, right. there is an, um, there's an emotional thing happening during that, during mm -hmm. a sexual encounter. Uh, let's put all that aside. Biblically speaking, we see in, in uh, what is it, uh, Genesis 2, there is a consummation of mm -hmm. the marriage. They, they are joining together as one flesh. That is both an analogy for what's happening spiritually. It's an analogy for what's happening physically in mm -hmm. both the joining of one flesh in the act of sex itself, but also uh, in the act of conceiving a child. Mm -hmm. That is a joining of one flesh. Okay. So there is a spiritual component. There's a physical component. There's an emotional component in that they are becoming intertwined emotionally. Mm -hmm. uh, a three, uh, a cord of many strands, not easily broken. There's a lot of components uh, that have to go that, that are being spoken of mm -hmm. in that, in that passage in Ecclesiastes and for, in first Corinthians six, Paul is uh, talking to the, the church in Corinth says flee from second, uh, excuse me, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin, uh, Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual, sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, with whom you have from God? So the sexual exchange is between two people, but your body is something that is not your own. Within and the marriage covenant. Within the, it's not your own, but within your Christianity. True. Right? Yeah. So you, you're in First temple. Corinthians 6, he is talking about... Um, he goes right into, from there, he goes right into sexual morality. He talks about principles for marriage. Okay. So you're not your own. You were bought for your own. You were, excuse me, you, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Again, that's first Corinthians six. So Paul views, and this is the part I wanted to get to. Paul views sexual morality as closely tied to idolatry. And we see that very, uh, very clearly in how he, how closely the two are conflated within hmm. first Corinthians. We also see that in the Old Testament. So um, why is Paul doing that? I guess is the question I want to ask. So if idolatry is so closely related to sexual immorality and sexual morality is not a sin that's like any other sin and that it's a sin that's against a person's within, within a person's own body and their body is not their own. Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting, especially as a culture, because in Corinth they had um, it was a very worldly culture. We've talked about this in the past. It was very. Uh, it was it was at a point of commerce. There was a lot of a pagan gods. There mm -hmm. was uh, a plurality of gods mm -hmm. and, and sexuality an over sexualized was, culture yes. in a lot of ways. Yes, <laughs> we have not strayed too far from right. Corinth. <laughs> and at the foot of the Acre Corinth, which is where Corinth was, there was I think a temple to the goddess of love, and that was it was uh, a pagan kind of ritual mm -hmm. to have um, kind of these sexual 
rituals around worship of of this God, right. Lord G God. So idolatry in our culture. Hmm. What is idolatry? Is disordered love is putting anything else in the place of God. Hmm. Um, we can we can idolize our own independence. We can idolize our own thought. We can idolize our spouse because I'm going to do whatever she says, regardless of what God tells me to do. Hmm. We can idolize our job. We can, you know, we can yeah. worship something. Yeah. So sex, sexual immorality, I think is closely, closely related to idolatry because we tend to idolize the sexual experience. Meaning that I will do anything it takes to get the sexual experience. I feel like a marriage should have, or I feel like I deserve, hmm. or I feel like I want. Mm-hmm. Now, what's informing those desires is a completely different conversation. Right. It could be movies, pornography, music. It could be your past. It could be your own distorted view of it. It could be a right view of it. The right. point is, is we can idolize even a right thing and make make it into a wrong thing. <laughs> we are idol factories. That yes. is what we do. We yes. are. Sin is just hemmed in around us at, on all sides. And there's nothing we were listening to. I'm gonna, I don't want to botch his name. Vody Bauckham. Vody Bauckham. Vody Bauckham. We were listening to him this weekend, and he just talked about sin and how we tend to take this Amish approach of, like, we're not going to use, you know, new new um, technology to... We're going to avoid all the things that would, like, make us sin, right? Or avoid the people that would cause us to sin. Avoid the cultural, you know, things that are coming at us. And it's like, well, we there's no way we could because sin, sin hems us in at every point. And so the mm. the big... Obviously, the answer is is Jesus, right? He's always the answer of right. how we every there's there's spiritual warfare, I guess, and so understanding that there's not anything that you can do. I think sexually, there's there's nothing that we're not going to give you. Like, okay, if you do all these things and you'll have like a a purely sexual experience, right? It's not about it's about avoiding sin, but it's about so much more, right? Like. Right, we have to go to God's word and align ourselves with what he says about 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 sex. Right. Because of from a right motivation which is to honor and glorify God. Right. If we just go there saying, "Okay, how can I justify wanting what I want?" Yes. But the sin is still following it's us still, there. Yes, we're not. And that's what Vodi was getting getting at is that we need a complete we need to be brought to life and it's by grace God's grace alone that we are right. brought to life. Because before that we were dead. We're yeah, we're completely we are dead. dead in our sin. And he just <laughs> And, and of course, we're not, you know, we're not doing justice to how he said it, but point <laughs> being made. Yes. Say, yeah. So what does the Bible actually say about sex and how does that drive our definition of sex? We've talked about all this. I'll just recap real fast is that sex is a gift to be enjoyed within the confines of covenant. Proverbs 5 is an amazing passage for this because you see in it a warning against adultery. Mm. Uh, and then you see from there, that's the first 14 verses. And then starting in verse 15 through 23 He's now saying, instead of that, instead of following the adulterous path, drink water from your own cistern, should, mm. and flowing water from your own well. There's this, there's this sense that it is a well, it is a spring of good things of life. Keep it pure, mm. enjoy it, partake in it within marriage. It is a good blessing from God. Uh, in First Corinthians six, we also see the idea that it is a gift to be enjoyed within the confines of covenant. We just read that flee sexual morality, um, and then. Uh, it's purpose filled. So Genesis two twenty four, go forth, fill the earth, multiply, fruitfulness. Yes. Be, yeah, be fruitful, fill the earth, uh, multiply, and fill the earth, it. and subdue it. I just said it in five different ways. <laughs> the point is, is there's a purpose around this 
this covenantal this this covenant of marriage and the consummation that it brings about. Right. If we don't have that yeah. biblical worldview and submit to that authority of what Scripture says, this is sex. This is what it. This is the purpose that it fulfills. Then we yeah. are going to distort it. That's just our tendency as sinners. And so, I think that that understanding that purpose is really helpful because mm-hmm. again, it's. We can so easily, I feel like the gospel is just this, this tightrope you're walking sometimes and you can so easily just fall to either side of, and it's by God's grace, you're just even on it. Right. But I can, you and I, I mean, we've fallen into like missed expectations or you've felt unloved and I'm like, I feel like I'm giving (laughs) and we're just not, we're not connecting because one of us is not submitting and like applying Hmm. God's word to this area of saying, here, this is the purpose. This mm-hmm. is what it's That's for, good. and it's okay, and it's good, and it's something we are allowed to and invited into when we are married. So that is actually a great segue because we've looked at what God's word says about sex in general, and that it is to be enjoyed within the confines of biblical marriage between a husband and a wife exclusively. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel now like we've harped that chord a lot, but it's just now, so like so rare still. But a lot of people will listen to this and they'll say, "What?" <laughs> I thought sex was, you know, it, so I won't go down that road, yeah, but there's a lot of illiteracy around this. Clear, yes. Now, specifically, what does the Bible say about sex within marriage? Okay, so it says sex is to be within marriage. Now, what about it? Mm. So how do we conduct ourselves? Here we are, Selena and Ryan. We have agreed to these this premise that God made sex for within marriage, and it's good, and mm-hmm. he blesses it, and, and it's to be enjoyed. So, now, what does it step. say about us? Yes. How do we actually <laughs> conduct ourselves? So let's look at 1 Corinthians 7. Selena, you want to read this passage? Yes. Now, concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So I want to make a quick note. Paul is switching gears. So he had, for the first six chapters of Corinthians, he had been addressing some other things that were raised by a person by the name of Chloe, Mm -hmm. some questions. Now he's actually... The now concerning verbiage is actually a pivot. He's saying, okay, now I'm done with that. Now I'm concerning this other matter to about which you wrote to me. And his mm-hmm. is in quotes. They wrote to him saying, he, Paul didn't say this, but he's quoting them saying this. They said, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Okay, so they're swinging the other way now. Right. Uh, complete piety, complete... Uh, uh, what's they're abstaining now, and they're, right. they're basically saying it's bad to have sex. And so Paul is addressing that that exact yeah, the title assumption. For First Corinthians seven is principles for marriage. <laughs> okay, so they wrote to him saying, Paul, it's good for a man to not have sexual relations with a woman. And he's saying, okay, now concerning that, he's he's saying, but because of the temptation to sexual morality, each man should should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Okay, why don't you go from there? Uh, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Mm-hmm. The one thing we don't want to do here is to lay on top of... <laughs> No pun intended. But we don't want to put our cultural understanding and our present day and age understanding onto this, right? We hear words like the wife does not have authority over her own body. And I think some of us wives are like, what? Like (laughs) You can get really upset. And like the husband's, you know, his body is mine. And so there's... 
we have to understand, I think, again, the context hmm, of what Paul really is saying, the time that he's saying it in, and hmm. not hear. It's yeah. hard to shut off those voices because that's what I think the battle, that's where the battle starts, right? Is in your head. I don't have authority over my body, but what if I don't want to have sex with my husband when he wants to have sex? And here lies the questions. <laughs> yeah, we can inject our own meanings into these words and mm-hmm. into these sentences. So that's very good. Uh, Paul is not saying, here's what he's not saying. Right. He's not saying that a husband should be able to go up to his wife at any moment for any reason whatsoever and say, time to have sex. And she's supposed to be happy with that and just go with it. That's mm. not what he's saying. Hmm. Okay. He's also not saying the wife can do that, which by the way, he starts with the husband should give to his wife her <laughs> conjugal rights first. He starts with that, <laughs> nope. which to me is like, why? <laughs> what what husband you know, in this time? Some is... fiery wives probably in the city of Corinth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so they're writing to him please help <laughs> and, and the wives are just insatiable um so but i, I do want to make sure that we're being very clear on that okay because a lot of husbands who would seek to use this verse to yes. manipulate their wives right. uh and if wives want to be obedient they can feel pretty much backed into a corner on this right. and that's not what paul is saying what he's talking about is and here it is it says do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. In other words, you need to be in agreement on this. Mm. And that's why we always harp that chord that it's not about five times a week. It's not about two times. It's not about one time. It's not about a minimum or maximum. It's about, are you in agreement Mm -hmm. on this? Because the whole point of marriage, the whole point of sex is unity. The whole point Mm -hmm. of coming together as one flesh, it's a unifying thing. Mm Mm-hmm. You need to be in agreement on it. And if you're going to have pain and heartache around this area, it's it's usually going to be because one person has an expectation that's or a desire or a need that is not being met. And it, it's it not just even, physical. It could be emotional. It may always. even be an unhealthy need, too. And I, like, I just want to put that out there because you say it's a need not being met. I think we are, like it says, it's like that we have these physical needs, but I'm saying that there are some that are, yep. I think, unhealthy so and you're unbalanced. You're of a husband or a wife that might say, I need it, so. Or somebody who's addicted and has expectations and desires that are. We're going to get into that. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get into that. So the big theme here is that there is agreement. Now, Paul does say this, okay? He says, um, your, he says, your body is no longer your own, hmm. right? Um, where does he say that in this passage? Um, yeah, he says, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Mm-hmm. Okay. We see that in Romans 12 as far as like our bodies being a temple and us not belonging to ourselves. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, but you're interrupting in the wrong time because <laughs> that's where I think wives could go off the rails. It also says, for the wife does not have authority over her body, but the, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Mm. Okay. So it's an equal the the statements are equal okay right right. and so i didn't want to just say the wife has no authority over her body and then you interject and then (laughs) sorry but timing is everything the point is this is that your body is no longer your own when you stand Mm -hmm. at the altar and you say i do you say i'm going to give myself to you Mm -hmm. i am giving my body it's no longer mine alone exclusively i no longer hold it to myself but I am now offering it to you. And that is the spirit of a sexual exchange in marriage is mm-hmm. I'm not going to you just to take, take, take from you mm-hmm. to get, to give you an, a list of to do's and a list of desires and a list of wants, whether or not those list that desires is healthy or not. That's it. We'll talk about that in a second. But the point is I'm not just taking, I'm giving to you. So 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. Okay, we had a moment recently where we were uh, going to be intimate, and you were being super sweet, and I was trying to be accommodating, and and we were both tired, and you said, "Well, how about this?" And I said, "Well, I was kind of hoping for this, and I won't fill in the blanks." <laughs> and you said, "Okay, well, that's fine," but I was, but then I thought, "Okay, but you." what's best for you? Like what would be best for you and how hmm. could I serve you in this area? And what would be the simplest thing for you that, and here's the words I used. I'm just gonna say it. What requires the least amount of effort? <laughs> I'm sorry. Because you were tired and Sometimes you were like, Sometimes that's music to a woman's ears, especially after a long day with kiddos and questions and lots of touching and sticky, like yeah. fingers and kids. And, and you were so sweet. Cause you were so like, great, listen, but... I, I, I want to be with you. And I'm just tired. And I said, okay, well, let's, how can we be together at the least amount of effort for you? <laughs> and we came to an agreement and it was great. And it was, it, and it, I th- I feel like that's an example of maybe serving your spouse. Yeah. Cause I could have said, well, I want what I want. And either right. you meet me there or I'm going to be huffy puffy upset and mm-hmm. I'm not going to like you for the next 24 hours. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. And I think that depending on the personality, one one would acquiesce, right? And say, okay, fine. And then in the in the whole process of it, they feel steamrolled or they feel um, unloved, right? They feel hmm. hurt. Yeah. They don't feel heard. They feel used, essentially. So, Ooh, and that's and that's a big problem. So the theme that Paul is getting at here is your body's no longer your own, and it's that's not a license a for thing. you to steal your wife's yes. body or your husband's body. It's it's a license for you to give your body and your body away. Not to demand your spouse give their body you away. Want to take care of, right? To, to, yes, to, to love and care for, and mm. we treat we tend to treat our stuff better than we do others, right? And so, hmm. I think we just need to. That's I don't know. That's just something that has stood out to me. Of right. just, I'm not just checking off a box and like taking care of you, but I'm mm. I'm loving you in this way, and I know that this speaks volumes to you, mm. and that helps me. It's it's it comes back to you. You're not just giving of yourself, but it also ideally it would. It, it's reciprocal. Yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea, and then there are it doesn't always happen. Yeah, for so, uh, many reasons. To summarize that, uh, what does the Bible say about sex within marriage? I would summarize it as this: sex. The Bible says, and the Bible teaches, sex is a giving of oneself to their spouse selflessly, uh, for the purpose of marital unity, uh, emotional, physical intimacy, but also, uh, in doing so in a way that honors God mm. and brings glory to mm-hmm. him. Okay. So that then, inf- in, uh, informs the rest of our conversation, which at this point I'd like to very clearly put a fork in the road and say, it's very helpful now, now to think categorically. Okay. So we've defined what is sex. We've defined what Bible says, what the Bible says sex is even within marriage mm-hmm. and the license that we have within marriage. Mm-hmm. So let's think about those licenses. There are n- non-negotiables and there are negotiables. Within that, yeah. About what the Bible says is sex. So as you're thinking about frequency, let's keep these in mind. These non-negotiables, since we're after a biblical perspective, are sex is reserved for biblical marriage between husband and wife. We said that, meaning it's, and I want to be clear here, it's not extramarital. Mm. It's not premarital. That's a lot of people listening to this would agree, but I want to make sure that we're cemented in that. The second non-negotiable is sex is to remain pure within marriage. Hmm. So it's not extra. So think about it. You've got your marriage. You've painted a boundary around around your marriage. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm picturing a, a circular a city, a circular city that's surrounded by a 20 foot wall. Okay. Mm-hmm. And inside the wall, that's our marriage. Inside the wall, that's where sex lives. And I don't go out 
outside of the walls of the marriage to right. get sex. But also, and this is what we see in Hebrews thirteen four. It says, "Let the marriage, be, let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous." Okay, so undefiled. And I wanted to look up what that translated into. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to continue. So it's not outside the walls. So I'm not going to find mm. sex outside the walls, but I'm also not going to go outside the walls and bring things in that would now inform our sexual experience. Right. Okay, right. so what that looks like practically. Okay, clearly I'm not going out and having sex with another person and a mar- married person to not have sex with other people. Uh, we're also not bringing things in, things like pornography, things mm. like anything that would demean or degrade mm-hmm. or cause any sort of... Uh, a coercion or any sort of compromise of conscience. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm not, I just want to be really clear. It is a sin to bring porn into the married bed. Mm-hmm. Some couples will say, well, we need it to, to satisfy ourselves. We mm. need it to feel like, uh, it's adventurous. What's wrong with it? No one's getting hurt. I'm telling you that, that, that no, it's wrong because mm. porn is bringing another person effectively into your marriage it creates lust it's wrong it dehumanizes on so the many levels right those people are also being most likely uh, harmed in other ways right. the people who are in right. the, the pornographic material right and so i just want to be really clear so bringing something inside uh from the outside is what i would say is undefiling it um so this is the other thing about Hebrews 13 is the call to an undefiled marriage bed means that it is possible to defile it. And that's where we see. Right. Right. No, that's what I was, I was curious about in terms of just reading it because again, I think part of that defilement would be right. Bringing, bringing the Bible and saying, this is what it says. So you're, Mm. you're supposed to submit. So now not only are you bringing, you're bringing two verses together, right? You're bringing two separate, things about submission and your body is not your own therefore right there's these big leaps in right. um, a very torn theology if this is your approach and so it's a twisting of scripture for absolutely selfish. which is defiling the yeah. marriage bed and so again knowing what the purpose of sex is mm. knowing what the bible says about it and how we're supposed to engage i think really informs kind of the gray areas around yeah. around it that's good that's good so that's those are non-negotiables. Okay, so sex is not to be extramarital, not to be premarital, but also it is to remain pure within the marriage. We looked at Hebrews thirteen four, uh, the fact that we can really defile this good thing hmm. by bringing outside things in. And we talked about porn, coercion, selfishness. You just mentioned that bringing in others, which would be porn or mm-hmm. any other physical person or any other mm-hmm. witness of it. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's to be a closed door transaction between husband and wife. Okay, so that's the non-negotiables. Now the negotiables are. This is where really this episode is meant to land, <laughs> is that do what works for you, okay? So hmm. in terms of the sexual act, the quality and quantity of, of the sex you're having, that is for you and you alone in your marriage to experiment with. You meaning plural, you as a couple, yes. not just... Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. To It's for you to figure out what works. It's for you to experience it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, in two different spots, in chapter 10 and in chapter 6, Paul uses this language. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Now, that's mm. interesting because we see that in, in 1 Corinthians 10, but also in 1 Corinthians 6, 6 where he's talking about these things right. he's talking about giving right before he's talking about giving yourself kind of a way to your spouse or fighting mm. sexual immorality mm. okay so he is parroting back to the church of corinth that which he which um they had so they had embraced 
what, what what theologians call antinomian view, right? So anti means against nomo, I think is the Greek word for the law. And they had thought, okay, since we are saved by grace alone right. in Christ, therefore the law bears no more weight on us. We can do whatever we want. We're saved by grace. It's great. And Paul talks about this a lot in, in was it first is in Romans, I think chapter seven. I don't remember exactly where he talks about it. Uh, in other places, but here he's actually parroting back to them and saying, you say all things are lawful. And Paul is now saying, yes, true, but <laughs> not, <laughs> not all, all things, things are helpful yes. or beneficial, or even righteous in Absolutely. that sense. So we need to have that kind of purview as we go into it. Um, and so Paul basically re- reproaches them. And he realigns their thinking that not all things that are permissible are beneficial, hmm. but also grace should have an outworking in your life as evidence of hmm. the fact that you've, you've received it. And that's the hmm. whole entire book of James. <laughs> so in marriage, especially since it's used in such close proximity um, to sexual morality, um, this leads us to think in terms of what is permissible in the hmm. marriage bed may not also be beneficial. Hmm. Okay. So it's a lot to this. It's a lot to this. So I'm thinking of the husband or the wife who are listening, saying, "Okay, we need to be having sex more." So I'm going to go to my spouse and I'm going to say, <laughs> "Don't withhold your body from me." And by the way, uh, don't defile the bed in these right. ways, and we can <laughs> manipulate. And going in with a list of rules and expectations never goes right. over well. So I think having a conversation around more of the of the question what what is edifying, yes. right? How are we going to edify each other? Our frequency should reflect our level of how much we love and want to edify each other and, again, yep. bring glory to God. Right. Not simply, I am feeling hungry and want this, and that's it. There's, right. hmm. like we've said, plenty to go there. So so how do we know if it's how do we? Yeah. Um, we, you, there's a couple of, I think, principles that you've kind of written out, but the first and simple one would be you've agreed to it. That's good. And we see that laid out in Scripture also, that you are agreeing to a frequency you are agreeing to expectations yeah um we've talked also about in another did we do the podcast or was it just a blog post about the spectrum of sex i think we talked about it yeah, we did. um yeah. and i think that's that's basically about expectations and communicating those to each other and mm-hmm. knowing what each experience holds and that not all experiences are the same and that's okay as long as again you are in agreement on it yeah um and that's where it can get tricky is that someone can be coerced or manipulated right. into agreeing to these things. We have a whole podcast episode on manipulation too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if, uh, if whatever agreement quote unquote you, you came around to, mm. it needs to be genuine. Yeah. It needs to be sought out with charity and selflessness toward one another. And held with open hands. Cause you, I, it's not a true agreement if you can't really ever revisit the conversation. Mm. Right. Yeah. Cause I think. We could easily be like, no, nope, you said this, hmm. so this is where we're at. And obviously there's kind of a self-serving spirit mm-hmm. behind that. So, um, yeah, agreeing to it, yeah. not coercing or manipulating each other, hmm. um, and your agreement is is genuinely mutual. And I think that speaks to the higher part of not just, okay, don't do this, don't do that, but here is the path. Yeah. Look at the path. Don't just look at the yeah. the nose. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we're going to answer this question. How long should a healthy couple, quote-unquote, have sex? Real quick, to root us again, uh, the nature of your sexual experience, as we're saying here, is really up to you as long as, okay, the marriage bed remains pure, Mm -hmm. one. Two, you edify one another. So this is our way of blowing that out. our filter, yeah. 
As a rule, sex should never humiliate, it should never demean, objectify, inflict pain, be manipulative, or in any way violate your covenant through porn and images, or be immoral in a way, mm-hmm. or violate each other's conscience. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when I say immoral, I'm thinking in terms of like drunkenness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's, I won't get into it, but just I want to draw that line. Yeah. Okay? So uh, we're edifying one another mm-hmm. in a circumspect manner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So good. And I guess that this could be rolled into the third one, which is you basically honor God hmm. <laughs> with your sex life. Everything you do, like, <laughs> do it all for the Lord. I mean, this right? sounds, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm kidding. But if I think of you as God's daughter and I am God's son-in-law, <laughs> I know that I'm a son in Christ. And right. I get that. We're siblings in that sense and that you are my sister in Christ, but you're also my, my wife, a gift, God's daughter. I don't want to... If I think of you in those terms, it drastically changes how I approach you. Right. You are a daughter of the king, and I'm to honor you, right? You're image bearers. Yes. You're an image bearer. Um, so, again, your sexual experience is up to you so Sweet. long as you honor God, your mm-hmm. marriage bed remains pure. And here's the thing is, you can also have a very, uh, I'm going to use this word, erotic experience, right? Look at Song of Solomon. Mm. It's a steamy book. <laughs> There's a lot there. Uh, we did a talk with Sharon. Was it Sharon Janes recently? I believe she talked about Song of Solomon. Uh, there's a lot of language in yep. there that'll make you blush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little funky now. It's a little weird. This seems a little odd to us now because of it's written in such a poetic way that we're using imagery we don't really connect with. But if we understand why the imagery was used, we start to connect with it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, so th- the point is not to be a prude. Right. In, in bed, it's to be honoring to God. And you yes. can still have a very fulfilling, very, I'll use the word adventurous sex life mm. that still honors God. So good. Okay. As long as you're not humiliating, demeaning, those sorts of things. Right. We'll leave it there. Saints, you figure it out. <laughs> you figure it out. I mean, out. if you really do have questions, we're happy to try to answer some of those. Right. But I'm sure there's people in your life that you can go to. Okay. So now how often should we be having sex? So the answer is that only you can really answer that question. Generally speaking, it seems, based on the the research, Mm -hmm. that most couples, generally speaking, benefit from sexual frequency around two to three times a week. Mm -hmm. That happens to be the same rhythm that we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. We have friend couples who do it less. We have friend, and we know this because we're in close community with them. And we ask the guys, "How's your marriage?" or whatever. And so, don't think that's a weird thing. Like we talk about this stuff in very open, broad terms. Um, And we also know couples that do it more than than that. Mm -hmm. And it's. That's what's healthy. So I have a question for you. If we aren't as a couple in a healthy place sexually, what should we do? Uh, what should we do? Why don't you answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, assuming that we are in agreement, right? Assuming that we are together at having the same expectations, um, we would always recommend you just talk and listen really, really well. Be very sensitive and tread lightly as you talk openly about sex communicate about it you say tread lightly i think what you mean to say is be really intentional about the language you're using and that you're not the just, language and tone sorry i don't mean yeah, yeah don't don't you have to be afraid to talk about this stuff Yeah, don't be afraid to use the words that you need to use to talk about it but i don't right. think that you should shy away i just think you need to be aware of what those words how those words are going to be heard by your spouse yeah. right knowing That's your good. spouse how is that going to affect them the way you say and the say whatever you're going to say and however you talk about it um good good uh another piece of that assuming you have agreement on this is deal with whatever issues might be 
getting in the way. Dealing sounds so glossed over. I don't want to say, I don't think deal is the right word, but address them, acknowledge them, and mm. also get help with them. Whether Things that be like a counselor. Yeah. Body image, insecurity, even there's phys- physiological things. Mm-hmm. You have a, a, a health thing. Past uh, abuse and whatnot. Yep. Yep. So the, the point is you're talking and you're actually being transparent in these areas and saying, moving. Hey, yeah. as a husband, I'm dealing with this issue. Yeah. Oh, let's mourn this revealing of this sin, this bomb that was dropped, dropped. Yes. Don't gloss over that though. Like deal mm-hmm. with it, press into the reconciliation right. of that. We have lots of episodes on that. Um, also, uh, get if that usually that means getting help from an outside counselor mm-hmm. when you get into some of the deeper issues you can't do it alone you just really can't you can't and, you're, and that's not biblical right. you're not you're not meant to just live in isolation we, mm-hmm. we need to be surrounded by christian community we need wisdom we need rebuke mm-hmm. once in a while um and we need help so and if you're in disagreements that was assuming agreement if you're if you are a husband or wife listening to this thinking i can't get my spouse to even talk, talk about, about this, it right they don't even <laughs> We haven't had sex in three months, and anytime I bring it up, we just fight. Hmm. Okay, so if that's you, um, know this and rest in this, that God alone changes hearts. You can't change your spouse's heart. I'm hmm. sorry, that might sound up like a pat answer, but you know, it's just the truth, hmm. is that all you can do is pray, hope, find your, uh, find all of your joy and everything you need in hmm. Christ, okay? Marriage takes two. Mm-hmm. So you, you join in a covenant with a person who is... Uh, maybe not upholding their end of it. Biblically speaking, that's mm. that stinks. That is horrible. And there's no quick way through or out of that. Mm-hmm. So cling to Christ. And here's the here's the first step. All I feel like we can do is just put set your foot on the first step down the path is that seek to communicate with your spouse, but then get help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get outside help. Get pastoral care. Get care from a friend who who is going to f- advocate for your marriage. Right. Who's going to help you. Um, get a counselor. Honestly, I feel like counselors have so many more tools mm -hmm. at their disposal than we can begin to understand. And God created counseling, which actually we have a series. We're doing a four week series on the gift of counseling Mm. for a marriage. And we're actually going to be, that'll be starting next week. I believe teaser, little teaser. Um, anyway, yes. Find biblical counselor to help you kind of hash through that because through this podcast, it's impossible for us to help in a really tangible, specific way. Okay. So this is the fun part. We have very little time left. The <laughs> couple's conversation challenge. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you to this. We are going to challenge you to this. <laughs> Take a sex inventory, if you will, and ask each other these three questions. And I would recommend actually laying these questions out, all three of them, writing down your answers separately, and then coming together and just reading your answers to each other and then discussing. Instead of answering your spouse out of the blue, mm. she just she, he or she just got home from the grocery store. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of one to 10, how healthy is our sex life? <laughs> Catch them Ooh. on their heels. <laughs> so here are the three questions, okay? And I'll just lay them out. That's the first one. On a scale of one to 10, how healthy would you say our intimate life is? The second question, how often do you think uh, we should be having sex in order to maintain our connection and marital health? Hmm. Third, That's a good question. Good job, babe. Third question. Uh, what do I most hope to gain from a healthy, intimate life with you, with my husband, with oh, my wife? Oh, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. So if you need no, they're to hear good. Those, I just think they're very revealing. Okay. So. Okay. If you need to hear those again, just go back go in 30 grace. seconds and <laughs> listen to those again. Anyway, uh, go with grace in those questions mm. and uh, go with God's word as your lens for mm. understanding what healthy sex is understanding what agency, what uh, kind of freedoms he's given you within mm-hmm. your marital covenant. Yeah. And then go with grace as you communicate 
through that. Yeah. And I can tell you that it might be a fight. It might be hard. But if you persevere, if you continue on the path, you do so together, you do so in light of scripture, mm. it, it will get easier. It'll get better. Hmm. So good. I pray at least I, it gets better. So with that said, do you... Um, I've been talking a lot. Do you you've wanna... been no, you've been great. As you can probably imagine, listener Ryan was a bit in charge of this uh, episode, and he's done an awesome job. Uh, I feel I like yours are exegeting... way better. Your rundowns. No, you did great, babe. Okay. Really solid. You know how much I love just talking about sex. Charles Minor approved. Favorite, <laughs> favorite topic okay. of all time. Anyways, uh, God, thank you so much for the listener and for our conversation. Help us to be able to talk openly and safely with each other, um, to communicate expectations uh, clearly and without, um, I don't know, just not hurting each other and help us to extend grace to one another. Uh, God, we all of this is to glorify you, to build the home that you have created, to change the world, literally, from the beginning of our home and our relationship, Lord. You have given us such a good gift in our spouse help us to um do the work that you have called us to in terms of uh this area of our our marriage in your name amen amen all right ladies and gentlemen thanks for joining us uh for this episode of the fierce marriage podcast if you want to be a supporter please pray about it and we ask you act on however god leads you but you can act on it by going to fierce uh excuse me patreon.com <laughs> slash fierce marriage uh, that means the world to us and mm -hmm. ensures the message continues getting out there. With all that said, uh, this has been a good episode. This episode is... In the can. All right. <laughs> until next time, we will see you in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's a blessing. Take care.